This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 8 You're just saying that because I'm only a computer. The voice sounded hurt, and Bix felt he was losing control of this situation. No, I'm not. He protested. I just said that you don't have to talk like that. Like what? The voice sniffed, upset. Like I'm some kind of hunky dreamboat and you want to eat me for breakfast? The computer made a strangled, angst-filled noise and Bix could not escape the idea that she was crying. You don't want me to like you. She protested. Bix ran his hand through his hair and wondered if talking to real girls was this hard. I do want you to like me. He said. But Slortho, or whatever his name was, he used to make you talk like that. Did you like him? He didn't care if I liked him. The computer sniffed. As long as it sounded like I did. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Bix said soothingly. I just mean that I don't want to be like him. You could never be like him. The computer said in a voice so breathless that Bix began to wonder if it were not getting warm in here. The door to the bridge hissed open and Echo rolled in. Bix glanced at the robot awkwardly, but it seemed like he couldn't leave this conversation where it was. I just... You don't... I don't want you to like me because you have to, he said. There was a small pause. You replaced my entire operations manual with the instruction to do whatever you say because you are awesome. The voice hummed with disbelief. And now... You want me to also have free will? She's got you there, Captain. Echo chirped, clearly enjoying himself too much. Thanks, Echo. Bix grimaced. Please lay in an escape course for the Sector Command Station. Yes, sir. Look, computer. I don't... I said that when I was excited that we had stolen a spaceship. I didn't really know you yet. You know, as a person. Wait, Echo protested. Now the computer is a person too? I just got to be a person. Prime the ion drive, Bix said, trying to get back on top of this situation. Ion drive priming, Echo snapped. Better do it gently, it might turn out to be a person too. I'm not a person, the computer said sadly. I'm not even a robot. I'm just a computer. You're not just a computer. Bix protested. You're the ship. What? The voice was small and shocked. The computer is the brain and the ship is the body. Bix said, waving his arms around the control room as if to indicate everything. You're not just a computer any more than I'm just a brain. Well, you certainly aren't that, Echo said. Should we fire the engines or just wait around for someone to wise up and blast us out of the sky? You do it, Bix said. Me? 
Echo asked, surprised. Not you. Her. Me? The ship squeaked. You're the ship. You take us out. I'm... the ship, the voice said, astonished. I'm a spaceship. You are and you always have been. I'll just push this button, shall I? Echo asked. Let her do it, Echo, Bix said. Go on. You're a big, beautiful bird. Fly us on out of here. The ion drive engaged, and the ship roared into the vastness of interstellar space at speeds that boggled the imagination. The three of them were quiet for a moment. I love you so much, the ship's voice whispered. More than ever. Bravo, Dr. Love, Echo said, letting several pairs of his hands do a slow clap in unison. Okay, this is my fault. Bix agreed. I did this and I'm going to fix it. I don't want you to. The ship protested. I'm just going to let you decide things for yourself. I'm going to fix this. Captain Banderson, if I may make a suggestion. Echo began. We are in the middle of a suicide mission to save your entire planet. We have 12 security agents in the hold. 13. The ship corrected. Are you sure? 13. Plus one prisoner. Yes, the prisoner, Echo added. Some kind of princess being held hostage. If I know you, you'll want to get mixed up in that and probably kill us all in the process. You won't kill us, the ship whispered. I know you won't. I respectfully submit this may not be the best moment to grant the starship we are standing in free will and self-determination, if for no other reason that so far you have been pretty terrible at that. He's right, the ship agreed. Except about the part about being terrible. But I don't know what will happen. Okay. Bix agreed. We'll come back to this after the mission, but we will come back to it, I promise. We'll make this right. I believe you, the ship said, her voice full of emotion. We can't just call you computer or ship, though, Bix said. A proper spaceship needs a name. And none of this Bakerfit 7 4 Theta stuff, either. An awesome name for an awesome ship. Awesome? The ship burbled in happy embarrassment. Again, I'm just thinking out loud here, Echo said, raising a hand. But maybe we could come up with a plan to deal with the cargo hold full of trained killers problem first. Come up with a plan, Bix said with a grin. Little brother, I've already got one. Oh, good, Echo said, more sarcastically than he had intended, but probably not as much as the situation deserved. Twenty minutes later, the door to the brig whirred open and Echo scuttered in, pushing a long cart before him with a gleaming metal lid. Major Bebase stood up. Her helmet was off now, like all of the other troopers, but Echo could tell which one she was at once. She radiated authority and she looked irritated. "'Where is the captain?' she snapped. "'The captain is on the bridge,' Echo said, keeping his answers as literal and unhelpful as possible and hoping this was how other robots talked to organics too." I ask to see him, and I expect the courtesy of a brother officer in the service of the universe. All hail the universe, eleven other voices spoke. Because he was an extremely sophisticated piece of technology, Echo could tell that it was eleven voices, not twelve. Maybe the computer had counted wrong. That seemed unlikely, but the alternative, that there were thirteen guards in total and one of them had kept silent, was impossible. Unless it wasn't. I demand to see the captain at once, Bebase snapped, bringing Echo's attention back to her. The captain sends his apologies, Echo said quickly before she could interrupt. There is a situation which requires his immediate attention. What kind of situation? 
This entire mission is highly irregular. I am only a robot major. I only know what I am told. This was a lie, of course. But it was the lie that every robot in the cosmos told its masters. If the organics ever knew what a whopper of a lie it really was, they would deactivate all of their robots in an instant and probably die within a week due to their own massive incompetence. The captain expresses his most sincere regrets for the irregularities of this mission and his temporary inability to explain them to you. He hopes you will accept this offering of friendship. With that, Echo reached out with one of his stronger claws and turned over the gleaming metal lid atop the cart in front of him. A rich, delicious smell wafted through the makeshift brig. The guards sat up sharply at the odor. Is that... Bracknall? Bebe asked, astonished. Prepared according to the traditional recipe, Echo said grandly. And from the captain's own private reserve, he hopes you will enjoy it with his profoundest respect. At least some of that was true. Bracknall was a universally loved and therefore increasingly rare meat enjoyed on most major feast days. There was a robust grey market trade which was not specifically prohibited by regulations, as it helped to answer supply chain problems between planets with different calendars and festivals. Like most crews on the outer roll, Slorth and Moxo had been transporting Bracknall for a small side profit, and since Echo had done most of the work, he knew where their supply was stowed. He was less certain of his skills as a chef, but the guards seemed very interested in putting them to the test. They all stood and jostled to see, but none of them stepped forward without permission. At last the commander smiled. "'Well, I guess it is about time for a nutritional interlude, right, boys?' There was a general chorus of agreement. "'Squad, fall in!' she called, and they all hustled over to the tray, leaving the prisoner where she had been, chained to a hook on the wall on the far end of the cargo bay. The tray was full of food, hot and steaming, but the plates were tiny, only holding a single scoop each of the delicious brown concoction. Echo served them one by one and encouraged them to eat up while it was hot. The troopers might have filled their plates and retired back to the benches to eat, but since there were clearly seconds and possibly thirds to be enjoyed, they all stood around the cart and grumbled their satisfaction. No one appeared interested in feeding the prisoner at all, and she watched them eat with hatred burning in her eyes. But her body language said that she was defeated. She did not bother to strain against the manacles any more, or scan the room for an escape route. There was nothing except a ventilation grill behind her, and nothing could get in there. Hissed a voice from behind the ventilation grill. The prisoner sat up at attention. Hey you, girl! The voice said again. You're a Slordith, right? From Graxall? Grathall, fool! Who dares to speak? The girl growled, eyeing the guards for any sign. Big Spanderson, ma'am. The voice from the vent replied. I'm the captain of this vessel. Why would the captain of a universe craft be in a vent? Who said this was a universe craft? The girl's eyes opened wide in astonishment, but she tried not to show it. The ship, she began. I saw it at the station. It was docked there. It was... The wrong kind of ship? The voice from the vent sounded very pleased with itself. Yeah, we noticed that too. They were expecting something bigger, but we blew a hole in that ship and came instead. You are rebels? The girl was astonished. I thought there were no rebels in all the cosmos beyond Grathall. So, your home planet has been giving the universe a little trouble. The prisoner nodded. The tribes of the Slordith have. There are those on my world whom the universe would corrupt with promises of power. It is their way. But still we resist. That is why I was taken. 
You're a hostage? I am Thera, princess of the Slorda. Well, I am held. The universe will use me to force my mother to sign the Articles of Assimilation. You will free me and return me to my people. Keep your voice down. Bix hissed from the vent. This girl reminded him of his little sister in more ways than one. You're not a princess here. You're just a bratty little girl. And nobody gives me orders on my ship, you understand? Please. Thera implored. We are running out of time. Relax, kid. I will rescue you, but not because you say so. I will do it because it sounds like it would really annoy the universe, and that is my new hobby. And because the only thing I like less than bratty little sister types are lousy kidnappers. Thank you, Bix Banderson. The girl said with royal bearing. My people will sing songs of your courage. Not necessary, ma'am. He said in a tone that suggested he would actually like that very much. Just doing my duty. What is your plan? You'll know it when you see it. Bix whispered as the guards began to finish their meal, and Echo wheeled the now empty cart toward the door. Be ready for anything. You have no idea what you're doing, do you? Thera said, disgusted. None at all. Bix agreed, crawling back deeper into the ventilation system. Isn't it fun? Echo wheeled out into the hallway and snapped the door shut behind him, locking it once again. It wouldn't keep Major Bebe and her men in there for long, if it came down to it, but they would be reluctant to damage a universe ship. Regulations said that was a no-no. Computer, Echo said. Do you read me? I am not the computer. I am the ship, the voice replied blissfully. I am floating in the eternal blackness, bathed in the light of a thousand million stars, and it is glorious. That's great, Echo said. Count the guards again. What? The guards... How many of them do you read on your internal sensors? There are thirteen guards and one prisoner. The ship responded, but Echo could tell that she was just repeating information that she already knew to be true. Count. Again. There was a small sound, not unlike a sigh, and a tiny beep. And then a pause. There are twelve guards. Yes, Echo agreed. Is there any chance that your first scan was an error? No. There were thirteen guards, and now there are twelve. Explain. I cannot. However, there are service conduits and ventilation shafts in the cargo bay. Interference from the engines could hide a life form from my sensors. Yeah, Echo agreed. That's a problem. Why would a guard crawl into a service tube? Captain Banderson is in those tubes. The ship's voice was stricken with fear. And we have a stowaway. This is Jack Ward, and from everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you all safety and protection during the COVID-19 outbreak. Join us as we listen and imagine, and together we'll make it through this. Please be safe. <laughs>